0: Well, I'm excited, so I'll get right into it. I'm going to give the mic right over to Benjamin Arday, and um, just give him your attention. I believe that God has sent him with a word tonight. So I will not delay at all. Come right up. I'll give you the mic right away. Fantastic. Great to be with Adam and Dawn and, and each of you really beautiful people from Poughkeepsie. Great. I never forget the first time I came here was in 2004, and uh, I was, I had a dream about Hackensack, I didn't know where Hackensack was, and it was about a week before I came here, and then I, I got on the road and it said Hackensack Road, so how many know God speaks to us, and he speaks to us through dreams and visions, so there's something about this Hackensack, come on somebody, there's something about Hackensack, God's doing something. God's doing something in our lives. I'm glad to be here. I come from South Africa. I was born in South Africa, born in a place called Durban, South Africa. It's a beach city, a surfer city. So when I was young, I used to do a lot of surfing. I used to do a lot of bodyboarding. I used to be on the beach day and night. I love the water. So I grew up in the beach. And uh, traveled around the world. My dad was a farmer. Uh, He he comes from a family of farmers. My grandfather and grandmother come from France. They came to South Africa. He started a farm. My dad was a farmer. He got saved, and he left everything behind to go into the ministry. And, um, And then I traveled around the world. I went to India. I went to the Philippines. I went to the island of Mauritius. I went to Madagascar. I went to Seychelles. And I go into many parts of Africa. And then I had an experience with the Lord as a five-year-old child, and I saw Jesus. He came to my room, and He showed me the nations of the world. And I knew that I I had an experience with God, and I knew that God had called me for the nations of the world. Amen? And so that does not make you better than me, or me better than you. It just means that I, I I had an expectation in God. I spent time with God and He revealed Himself to me. So He wants to reveal Himself to you just like He revealed Himself to me. And I had many experiences with the Lord. I had many visions that I would see over people's lives and they would happen. And so from seven years old, I started to the Holy Spirit would come on me and would just start to speak into people's lives, direction and guidance. And I would just go and tell my dad he was in the ministry, and it would everything would happen. Because it's God. One of the gifts is the prophetic gift. Amen. God gives it. And so the gift is for the body to build the body of Christ up. And so it's not anything better. It just means that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the hearts of people. And if we are a church that is functioning according to the principles of the Word of God, that will be part of it. Come on. It'll be part of it. Are you with me today? So I, I, I got to minister from a 17 years old. It was in our first winter, my first trip around the world alone, and started to go. I went actually came to the United States of America, and I went to Boston, Massachusetts. And then I went to Dayton, Ohio, went to Cincinnati, Ohio, I went to West Virginia, I went to Atlanta, I went to Los Angeles, praise God, and I I had a great time uh, just in the United States, and then the Lord called me to the United States when I was 20 with my wife, I've been married 25 years in September, married on September 11th, before there was a September 11th, amen. And uh, so we were married on September 11th in 1993 and uh, had been married now 25 years on this September 11th. Funnily enough, I became an American on September 11th and uh, my spiritual father, I didn't know that. Uh, You know, I became an American, I didn't volunteer, they choose your day. So God knows, it's just funny how it works through days. And my spiritual father's birthday was on September 11th. I didn't know that either. God sent me back to Africa to be under a man of God and his birthday was September 11th. Hallelujah! Now, I, 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 I kind of know what it means, but I'm not going to say I believe it's, it's something to do with these days. Hallelujah! Praise God. I want you to get in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13. So at this moment, I pastor a church in Cape Town, South Africa. We have a broadcast weekly and it's growing and we're having a lot of effect. At least God has called me right now to be in South Africa and the government and we're working with a lot of Um, you know in 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 many of the different communities to influence the communities to help them with feeding programs with clothing with food and we want to be an impact and impact this culture come on somebody it's great to be here we gather together to get empowered but we want to influence culture in a positive way we want to change this nation with jesus love that's what it's all about come on it's the love of jesus I think sometimes we want power, 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 and it's great to have the power, but the greatest power is the power of God's love. Oh, come on. Now, you know, the love of Jesus came into this world, and that great love was to crucify this nature. And the greatest love we can have is to die so that others can live. Now, you've got to understand every nature, human nature is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Come on. So there's and I always say I live in Africa, so you know, we had a lot of racism in Africa at a time, and I always say, you know, God is colorblind because God is not a color. You know, some people make Jesus Chinese and some people make Jesus whatever they want to make him, you know, he looks like he's from Scandinavia or something, but Jesus is God is not a color, God is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So we know God after the Spirit. Jesus said, God is spirit. So he could have taken any, any color. He just had to take a Jewish body because the Jewish body carried the law and he had to destroy the law and overpower it with his grace and his mercy. I've got an amen there. I've got a hallelujah there, but, but uh, that's good. So Jesus' love, love took a body to crucify a body and he said then to us, every one of us must take up our cross and follow him. That's the Christian life. Why do we take up the cross? Well, I'll go back to the book of Genesis. Because in the book of Genesis, uh, Eve, and I'm going to just say it, that Adam and Eve were one. Adam and Eve were male and female. In fact, God created them. Adam, ha, I'm not going to get into all the details of it, except that they were one. So God said when he does a marriage, a marriage is a mystery. Because the, the woman is the, the, the emotions of the man. The man is the wisdom. And they work together as a mystery. Because God is one, but God, you know, he displays himself in a female, but he also displays himself in a male. So he creates the embodiment of different attributes of who he is in his character. Come on. But ultimately then, God took a body. He had to take a body because that body, this, this nature, is a corrupt nature. You can have the most amazing human being, the most perfect human being with, I don't know how many noble peace prizes. But every human being is fallen. Every human being is a failure without the nature, which is the new nature of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. There is no other religion. There's no other religion that has the cross. And there's a reason for the cross. For the cross is a mystery. The cross brings us to the death of self. Today we have a world with, propagate self, you know, self-rights, and, and I understand human rights, and I can understand why people want to go that way. But if you really read your Bible, you'll see that there are, we ha, our only rights are to be like Him. Our rights are in Him, means that we die to our rights and we clothe in His love, and in His love, every that love will take you to the end of yourself. That's what this gospel is all about. This gospel is about the love of Jesus to save a soul. Because when you die, this outer body goes to dust. There's nothing in this body. We make this body pretty, but you go but don't bath for two or three days. You'll find out it's not that pretty. I don't know if anybody's flown. I've flown sometimes two, three, four days, and you start flying next to folks, you say, Lord, help me. But, but you see, the, the body is full of death. It's a body of corruption. Now, Adam and Eve took off this body of death because they were created in a glorious body. That glorious body was in a higher realm, a higher state of being. And we long for that higher state of being because we know within us there's that unlimited realm, that unlimited power, and this which we clothed with. When they came in the Garden of Eden, they, the, the Bible said they were clothed with coats of skin. That skin is the animal. I'm going to say it's the animal nature. It's the lower nature. And I, the way I can explain it is God gave me when I was in church one day, I had a vision and I saw different people. I saw some people look like lions and some people look like tigers and some were chimpanzees and some were gorillas and, you know, some were elephants and, and, and I'm from Africa. So that, that's easy for me to see. But, but, but to explain it to you is that if we don't crucify the old nature, Our nature, some natures are snakes, some natures are tigers, some natures are poodles. But every nature is not good enough. Come on. Because that's what religion does. Religion wants to establish a nature. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to set himself up against God in his own righteousness. So this nature, that's why we have the cross. This nature must be crucified with Christ, with all its drives, all its emotions, and that's what happened with the serpent on the tree. The serpent, Moses had to take up a serpent when there was sickness, and that serpent had to be crucified. I mean, when that serpent was put on the tree, everybody got healed. Amen? God said to the woman. He said, he said, your seed, he said, will crush his head, the woman, the seed of the woman. You'll give birth to a seed that will crush the head. And that head was crushed on Golgotha, and Golgotha means the place of the skull. Oh, come on, somebody. Because that's the head of the serpent. The head of the serpent is the Ouroboros. It's where the poison is. Every, if you're in your own human nature, what drives you? There's two realms. There's either love or there's bitterness. Bitterness comes through disappointment and hurt. We all get disappointed. Some of you being molested. Some of you being through rejection. Some of you being discarded. Some of you just in your, in your mother's womb were rejected. Some of it is generational. How many of you know scientists are discovering now that your DNA carries memories to the third and fourth generation? So a lot of the, a lot of the ways you're acting are because of what your ancestors already did. So that rejection or even the positive things are handed down to us. So that's in your own human nature. So the Bible said that we must become like Christ. And we change from glory to glory as we receive the word of God. So I always say to folks, you cannot change yourself with yourself. You have to surrender yourself. You have to say, Lord, I submit myself to Your will. It's like I said to one guy. I said, you know, he, he was a pastor. I said to you know, some men cannot help looking at men, and some men cannot help looking at women. I know he was a pastor, but he had he you know he he had an issue there. And I said, you know, it's not about changing yourself with yourself. It's about surrendering to the work of the cross and saying, God, not my will, but Thy will be done. And if You want to change me, You'll change me from the inside out. I cannot get rid of this design, I cannot get rid of that desire. You're going to do the work in me as I surrender to the work of the cross. I will be changed. So the Christian walk is not a work to walk to, to sit and judge everybody's mistakes. It's to look into this mirror and to say, Lord, yeah, this is me. And this is my life because everybody's got a story here. Amen. Everybody's got a story here, and everybody's got an imperfection. Everybody's got a failure. Everybody's failed somewhere along the line, but there's love, and that's the love of Jesus. And the love of Jesus is the power of God, and when you receive the love of Jesus, you receive the power of God to change, all right? And that's what God is after, change. That changes daily, because you're going to get up some days and you're not going to feel like doing life. Come on, I will get an amen here. So let's just read this. 1 Corinthians 13, though no, I speak with the tongues of men, though no, I speak with the tongues of angels. That's very powerful. You can speak angels' tongues. You can speak all kinds of men's tongues. You're really an advanced, you know, creative, created being, if you want to say that. And, and you have not love. You become a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. That's what the Lord said. You just sound like a big noise. Some folks, you know, they have it all, but they have nothing. And we're not judging them either, but that's what the Word of the Lord said. Sometimes we must not be offended because offense can also be good to us. Some folks are on the defensive about everything, and because they're protecting this, you know, and I just say a lot, of, a lot of pastors today have become like circus trainers. You know, they know how to train the natures. And the Bible brings us to a place of adjustment, meaning that we have to face ourselves. The Word of God is a mirror and brings us to a place where we have to surrender something. Go, you go read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about some degree or degrees of surrender. Because there's degrees, greater degrees where God will release his His glory in us. Isn't that exciting? And I've seen that in my life. So though I have the gift of prophecy and I can understand all the mysteries and I have all the knowledge and I have all the faith that I could even move mountains. You know, this is so powerful. You're meaning that basically you've got all this knowledge, all this power, all this understanding, which is what as human beings we value. And what he's actually saying is many are so pursuant of this outward power, outward authority. And even he said, if I bestow all my goods to the poor, and I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. Amen. So, you know, the thing is, is that either we're driven by love or we're driven by bitterness. And bitterness is a very powerful thing. Think of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, when God came through Moses to deliver them out of, the, out of um, Egypt, he said, let my people go that they may serve the Lord, because daily they were being whipped and they were slaves to a system. And think about Pharaoh. The head of Pharaoh's garment was a serpent. You see, many don't realize that serpent nature at the head of it is bitterness. And bitterness is very deceitful because bitterness will drive you. You, never, you can never rest, you can never relax, you can never sit still, you can never be at peace because you always want to prove something. Because, you know, if you've been through abuse, you want to prove it maybe to your father or you want to prove it to, you know, an uncle or, so, you know, I, I'm just using an example. But, you know, or you've been through rejection, but then that, that serpent poison will whip you every day will drive you every day. That's why the Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit guides us. This flesh, nature, this old nature is a beast. And it beats us. It condemns us. It drives us. Are you with me? So we see that what looks like love, what looks like power, if it's not connected to the Holy Spirit's love, it's dangerous. You're giving to the poor. That's why today, you know, social justice is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with social justice. I do a lot with the poor. I help many poor people. We gave massive containers to the poor, full of clothes. You know, we feed daily. We got hospital workers working, you know, with underprivileged people. We do a lot. But, you know, if it's just, if it's from a driven point of view, from a self-perpetuating point of view, and it's all about, you see, what the Lord is actually saying, it's not about self. It's got to be from me. It's got to be from my power, from my source. And it's only my love. Because the human nature is fallen. Am I saying something good today? Charity or love suffers long. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag about itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave behave, uh, unseemly or, you know, uh, forgetful of of, of others and, and not thoughtful of others. It does not seek its own. It is not easily provoked. It does not think evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity or gossip about others. Come on, church. That's, that's a bad one in the church. But it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, meaning that it, you don't hear complaints. It believes all things. I believe there's a maturity that's coming in this house. That's why the Lord has me in the, this. Hopes all things. Somebody say hopes all things. And it endures all things. Amen. So there is something so powerful In love. I'll never forget I was in New York City and I had to pray for this lady on the phone uh, in South Africa. And this lady was busy dying and um, she had unforgiveness in her heart to a family member. And as I was on the phone, um, you know, her sister called me and I was actually in Central Park and... uh, I just started praying, and many times the Holy Spirit will show me things. And I saw that there was a war between her and her mother, and there was an unforgiveness that was going on there. There was a bitterness, and she, while I was praying, started to flatline. And I heard her sister say, she's gone. You know, it just went, you know, that flatlining sound. And I just, the Lord Holy Spirit just said, carry on praying. Because she said, her soul has not departed yet. So I carried on praying. The Lord began to just show me some things about unforgiveness and just to intercede for her. Literally, it's like 10, 15 minutes later, her, her spirit came back into her body. And her sister said, she's back. And then I began to speak about what the Lord showed me. And that was a true reality. You see, many folks die with that hurt or that bitterness or that wound. And they don't let go. And it can cause their death. Are you with me today? I want to show you true love. I want you to go to the book of Acts quickly tonight. And uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit want to just speak on the love of Jesus in our lives. It's a very simple word, but very powerful. And how not to lose your love walk. Somebody said love walk. See, God wants us to have our love walk. And that's what the devil will try. The enemy will try. Your flesh will try to knock you out of your love walk. Acts seven fifty four, And we begin to see a story about a man named Stephen. Stephen was a deacon. Basically, he was a servant in the house of God. Like some of you guys, you know, doing the sound, the music, doing the coffee, doing the tea, you know, setting the chairs up, you know, running around, doing what is necessary. But there was a time he was commissioned to go out. And he began to just proclaim God's word with love. I love this. This is really a reflection of God's love. And um, the Bible said about Stephen, after he had preached the word, it said that when they had heard these things, they were cut to the heart. You see, God's word will agitate you and because it wants to bring change. It's not easy when God, you know, if you go into the theater and they start cutting on something that's, you know, that's a problem, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you but it's good for you. So Stephen came from the Father's point of view. You see, God's point of view is very contradictory to our point of view. But if we have an open spirit or an open heart, and we're not so sensitive, it may help us. It may be good for us. It may produce change in our lives. Come on, maybe somebody's struggling with something now. Maybe the Word has been pricking at your heart and, you, and your heart may want to stay hard. Don't let your heart get hard. You know, sin makes your heart go hard. Sin is just missing the mark. Missing God's plan for your life. That God loves you anyway. But He'll love you and He'll tell you the truth too. Not condemn you, but love you. Alright. When they heard these things that were cut to the heart... And they gnashed on him with their teeth, that's their words, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly to heaven and saw the glory of God, saw the throne of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said this, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. They didn't want to hear it. And ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. Now, one of these people was Paul the Apostle at that time named Saul. He was, he was one of the men that literally came against Stephen to destroy his life. So you never know the pain that you go through for others. It may cost you something. But it may release something great in, in, in somebody's life. That's love. Somebody said, that's love. So while, while he was going through that persecution, the Holy Spirit already began to prepare him. And what happened? What, what began to happen was he, the love began to come out of him. They stoned him. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, verse 59. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. This is awesome. Amen. See, the focus of Jesus was always to get all of His disciples to walk in love. All right? We've got to focus on our love walk. I just felt, to just speak on that tonight, that God wants us to focus on, on our love walk. And, and after this episode with Stephen, he wrote this in Romans 8.35. Who can separate, or what can separate us from the love of God? I'll never forget, I was in 2004, I was at a conference. And I, I literally came out, I had a thing going on in my body, my physical system, and my lymphatic system just started to crash on me, and my left side started to swell, and I had these big bruises all over. And, uh, and uh, it, was, uh, it was scary and I got so sick. And then I started to just drift out of my body. And I had my phone on speakerphone and my spiritual father was praying after me. And after five hours, all I remember is I was out of my body. And after five hours, I came in my body and I heard this. What will separate us from the love of God? And I just say the love of God is there for you. To bind you to his will. What will separate us from the love of God? See, the enemy wants to bring people to offend you. And when they offend you, he wants to get you to be defensive. You've got to refuse to defend yourself. There's Stephen. Stephen didn't defend himself. Jesus never defended himself. Jesus knew who he was. If you know who you are in Christ, you don't have to defend yourself. See, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, but the blood of Jesus covers you. Now, that doesn't mean you mustn't change because when the Holy Spirit, and I say this, some folks have, are given more grace than others in that sense that there's levels of maturity. That you may be in, 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 in sin at this stage. Maybe you have a problem with, you know, you know, talking about other people. And God will give you grace for a season. But then there's a time where, you know, the Lord will actually expose that. Come on. But we don't judge that person. Yeah, we'll tell that person, listen, you're causing a lot of damage. Get your mouth in order. Amen. So the enemy wants to bring people to offend you. you've got to learn when people come to offend you, don't defend yourself. So when there's an offense, we tend to get on the defense. You've got to turn it around. When they offend you, you're just like, come on. Have you ever seen martial arts that come against you? Come on. They're just going to fall. You see, that, that's what love does. Love uses their power against them. Somebody said love. So the enemy is going to bring people to offend you, to persecute you, to hurt you, to agitate you, to aggravate you. And you are got to learn to shut the noise out. Somebody said shut the noise out. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's easy in the beginning. You know, some folks, you know, they, maybe they just do a little bit of a noise. I don't know if you ever, when I was at school and the teacher would start with a chalkboard, I felt like everything inside of me wanted to just cringe. I, I cannot explain what chalk on a chalkboard does, but it just made uh, everything in me, I just wanted to explode out of my body. But I had to tolerate it. Somebody said tolerate it. And so sometimes you've got to go through the pain. Sometimes you just got to go through the journey of enduring what 1 Corinthians 13 says, uh, says, and love when you don't feel like loving, because love is a choice. Love is not a feeling. The love of Jesus is not a feeling. It's faith. I choose to love you. I choose to see Jesus in you. I choose to see the life of God in you. I choose to see your future that is great. I'm not looking at what I'm seeing on the outside. I was with a guy yesterday, and he's got so many tattoos. He's got tattoos here, and he took his shirt off. I've never seen tattoos all the way down his neck, tattoos down his legs. Um, he has no space for anything else but tattoos. There's tattoos everywhere. But let me tell you, this guy was a heroin addict. He was like one of the biggest heroin addicts. He was living on the streets of L.A. And for, for three, four years, homeless. And, you know, he has a phenomenal story. Because he overcame all those things. He was rejected, didn't have his dad. His dad was an American Red Indian. His mom, you know, his mom brought him up with five kids and, and he had a hard life. Some people have hard lives, but the love of Jesus got him. Now he's helping a whole lot of folks in the same mess. Let's give God glory. So everybody's got some hurt. Everybody's got some pain, but you know, it's not good to nurse the hurt and rehearse the hurt. We got to forgive and we got to let go and we got to work on it. Come on. We got to take the pain and say, God, I'm going to choose to walk in love by faith. I'm going to love people I don't want to love. I'm going to forgive people I don't want to forgive. Come on. That's a big, it's a tall order. Because some folks, I've seen that there's that, that, that such violation that has happened to some folks, some individuals' lives. And if you can just let go of that thing. I'll never forget that I went through a season in my life where I'd been through tremendous betrayals. And my whole body was shaking. My hands would shake. My face would shake. I, I eventually was at a point I said to Haley, I don't know how I'm going to just function in life because this is This is ridiculous. And I was just in panics all the time. And then the Lord began to show me something. He showed me myself as a dead person. And I I was just in a pool of blood. And I was carrying me with me. And the Lord just said, cut him off. And the moment I cut him off, I had that vision, I was free. I never, ever had an issue again. See, some, some folks are, are still nursing, and rehearsing, and living in the memory and the pain because that's what gives you your energy. It, it, it gives you your drive. It gives you your passion. It, it, gives, you your, it gives you your creative juices. Come on, somebody. That, 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 that's, what, that's what gives you, you know, some folks, they want to get back at their dad. They want to get back at their brother. I'm going to show you. You see, but when you get to Jesus, it's different. See, Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was about to kill a whole lot of folks. And on that road, he was on his horse, you know. Some folks on their high horses and then the light shone in his life. And the Bible said he got blind. He was suddenly blind because that's that's what he needed. He needed to lose the vision of that bitterness. And he fell off his horse and his whole life turned around. See, some folks are going to get that kind of turnaround here tonight. Are you with me today? The enemy will try to rattle your cage, and he will hit your weak spots. How many know, and I'm just going to use this, you know, family members have a gift. <laughs> and, and, and because they know you, they know how to do what nobody else can do, you know, like the chalkboard story, you know times 10, times 1,000. So, so they know how to get, you can be with everybody else and they'll be like, man, this, this is an angel, you know? <laughs> Suddenly you get around your family, the demon comes out. <laughs> so the enemy wants to get you on the offense. Let me say we must shift our focus from offense to the cross because we, de- we don't defend either. Amen? See, it's easy. It's easy, but the enemy will try to hit you. The enemy will try to knock you out. The enemy will try to throw curveballs your way. The enemy will use one individual to make you agitated. Come on. I've had it with our minister. You know, you have that one person that just looks at you. It's like, come on, I'm going to get him today. I'm, I'm going to get him today. I'm focusing on him now. He, he's going to get agitated with me. Just just wait. And, and you got to choose the love walk. Somebody say the love walk. The love walk. See, you got to see people not through your eyes, not through your feelings, and not through your emotions. The, 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 the love walk, the Christian walk, the true Christian that we speak in the Bible, it's a faith walk. Some folks just want to sit and argue the Bible. I don't know if you've ever been around those that argue. I get out of that. Let's just love. But, we, when, you know, but when we say love, also everybody has their own idea about love. But 1 Corinthians love is the love of God, the faith of God, which is dying so others can live. To see them receive that same love and that same healing from that spirit of rejection. Amen. Oh, praise God. So He'll use your relatives. He'll bring back the memories of, of, of what's been said about you because the devil wants to rattle you you got to choose not to be rattled like like you know, like boxing. He'll send professionals in to, to fight you in your ring and to throw you out and to knock you out. Amen. And, 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 and when you want to do big things in God, He's going to attack your love walk. Somebody say, enemy wants to attack your love walk. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 14 real quick. Isaiah chapter 14, if you'll go there with me. Praise God. Let me get this real quick. Isaiah 14. And we begin to see something here about Satan and uh, about Lucifer. Remember, Lucifer was like the, he was the angel. He was the guy. And uh, the danger of having all of the anointing and all of the power and all of the gifts is that uh, we must never take ourselves seriously. And I know that I've also prayed for many people and, see, and, and, and seen how they've broken through into blessings, into anointings. But there's always that humility and that commitment to the work of God. You see, this, this scripture shows man in his fullness or self in his fullness this is what the Bible said in Isaiah 14, your pomp has brought you to the grave, the noise of your vials, which is his music, the worm is spread under you and the worms cover you. That's pride. and Pride just opens up the door to worms. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain, the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That's deception. Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They who see you shall narrowly look upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, who opened not the house of his prisoners? So we begin to see this because of the eye. Okay, so Isaiah 14, you begin to, he wants to do the same thing to you that happened to him. So He wants you to lose your favor. Come on. Are you with me? He wants you to lose your favor. Praise God. Amen. If you walk as Jesus walked, you'll see what Jesus saw. Amen. If you walk as Jesus, you know, the enemy will throw people with jealousy against you, people hating you. Uh, You know, you'll start, I've just seen many times starting a meeting and then, you know, you'll have like in the front row three people and they're just looking at you. You know, they want to, they want to throw you out and, You've got to just, <laughs> uh, uh, just love him. Go give him a hug or something. <laughs> but, but he always throws familiar things. That which is familiar to you. Somebody say, walk as Jesus walked. See, if you walk as Jesus walked, you'll see what Jesus saw or beheld. That's powerful. Amen? God is not about the emotions. you know we, we serve God in emotions, but God is beyond emotions. Faith is a choice. love is a choice and and and, and Christianity is not entertainment. I think we 've relegated Christianity today today to entertainment. you know we have a scorecard to see, well, you know that was that was a seven, and that was a nine, that was a six, that was a five. you know that 's not what it 's about it 's about the real deal, walking daily in that walk with God, forgiving people, because this place is a hospital with a whole lot of messed up folks. And, 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 you know, and that's why the world outside is just like, well, you know, that church and that pastor, and yeah, they're going to they're gonna find a lot of stuff. But as long as we recognize we're sick and we need a healer, and we have the love of God and we are changing. That's the most important thing that we change daily. So I'm not going to throw it down on somebody and say, you know, you, you just got saved and you better come right, boy. And, you know, God's going to kill you if you don't come right, you know. Is that Jesus? Amen. Isaiah 61. I want to go to Isaiah 61 real quick. It's a good word. How many have how many been blessed tonight? This is good. This is practical. It's going to help some people. In your daily walk, you've got to make an impact in this world. And the greatest way is through the love of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus. Again, Jesus took on this fallen nature, which means he was tempted in all points, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. Talk about rejection. We think we've had rejection. Think of the rejection that Jesus had rejected of everybody, rejected from his own people. What about the pride? He could have taken on, he could have had the whole world. The Bible said he was tempted in all points with the lust of the flesh, too. He had, I believe, he had the worst body, but he had the spirit in him. And so we have the same spirit in us to overcome. What's outside of us? Because great is He that's in you. So I believe in Christ in you. I don't believe in you in you. That's true. I believe in Christ in you. Christ in you is the overcomer. Me, I'm not. Because I'm going to fall every time. That's where we get frustrated. And that's where we want to give up. And we get bitter because we say, I don't believe all this stuff because we try to do it. And that's what religion tries to tell you. That's not Jesus. Isaiah 61. Let's read that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, the Lord has anointed me. I'm going to say that for each one, for Adam, for Dawn, for everyone that's here. Jean-Jacques, you know. The Spirit of the Lord is anointed me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek or to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison doors to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. All right. The Bible said that the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil and the lust of the flesh. You trace all sources of mess in the world. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eye. It's the pride of life. The new nature, which is the life of Jesus, is God's love. And now, you know, this is where we have, uh, you know, the only way I can say it is the devil has a lot of arguments for his nature today. He's justifying his nature And that's where offense comes in. You cannot offend anybody because you're touching that nature. That's That's why Jesus looked at the Pharisees. He says, you are a brood of vipers. You are of your father, the devil. What is the devil's nature? That's my old nature that must be crucified. As long as I recognize daily that this nature, whether I come from the most perfect background or the worst background, there's no good in the good. Come on. And it doesn't matter how bad you are. As long as you recognize that it's fallible. That's, that's this gospel. Jesus came to give us a new creation, a new nature. Somebody say new nature. And in that new nature, we walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit means I'm walking above this bitterness that wants to take me down. I'm walking above the fear that wants to take me down. I'm walking above this rejection that wants to take me down because I'm in the kingdom that is from above. Jesus said, I come from my Father. I entered this body as the word that became flesh to show you how you can rule over your passions and over your emotions that want to drive you. Your passions are the things that drive you. Some people are so led by the emotions. You know... One moment they one way, the next moment they, uh, you know, you don't know who they are, and some of them don't even know who they are, you know. And we we love them, but that's where the word comes in. The word crucifies that which keeps causing pain and heart, heartache. Are you with me? That's the power of God. The power of God is in the love of God. This purpose was God. The Son of God was manifest to destroy the the works of the flesh, the devil's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 61 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When you have the anointing upon you, God will give you favor on your job. God will give you favor wherever you go. Somebody said, Promise brings hope and expectation. Let me me go to the book of 1 Timothy real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. If you can go there. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. We'll just quickly do that. Otherwise, I'm going to be turning here. I've got it anyway. But it says, fight the good fight of faith. Somebody say, fight Fight. the good fight of faith. So how are you going to do that? By choice. You fight the. You've got to fight it. You've got to fight it by faith. You've got to fight those emotions by faith. You've got to crucify them by faith. He said, lay hold on to eternal life which you were called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He's saying, listen, you're going to obtain it, but you're going to also fight for it. You have it, but you've got to walk in it. And it's going to be a fight. And, you know, don't be hard on somebody else in their fight. Help them in their fight. Encourage them in their fight. Because they may have it easier in areas where you have it difficult Or you may have it easier in areas that they have it difficult, but we're there to encourage one another to get them onto that next level. Amen. And so promise brings hope and expectation. Mark chapter 6, verse 15, if you'll go there quickly. Mark chapter 6, verse number 15. Okay, others said, is it Elijah, is it the prophet or like one of the prophets? just go to the next verse. But when Herod heard, he said, This is John whom I beheaded. He has raised from the dead. Let me just read it here. For Herod himself said, Sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison. But for Herodias' sake, his brother's Philip's wife. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had quarreled against him and would have killed him, but she could not. Now that's how some people are. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was just a man, and holy, and observed him. And we had heard him. He did many things, and heard him gladly. Now, this is, we know the story, they took John, they took John out, okay? Now, we must get to the point in our lives, that despite our pain, despite our feelings, despite all the stuff that's going on in our lives... We still love people. There's John. His head chopped off. He still loved him. He still loved Herod. He still gave his life. I mean, that's hectic. We, we're not seriously. We've gone far from the Bible, um, meaning that to stand for the truth, to really love people, what price are we willing to pay? It's so easy to cry, criticize others and, and what they're doing. But God wants to move us into the, the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the power of His life. You see, because when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost the Spirit. Amen. Somebody say, I'm a trailblazer. Flesh people don't want you to go into the Spirit, for flesh cannot handle the Spirit. You are a Spirit, and you're having a human experience. But we have to move into the Spirit. That's, that's why you receive Jesus. He opened the door for you to go to the Father and to receive the breath of the Ruach HaKodesh of life into your spirit. And you become alive and you begin to hear and see and experience from the Spirit. And in the Spirit, you begin to walk supernaturally. Right. Come on. So fleshly people and flesh, your flesh cannot handle the Spirit now, what the, what the enemy will do is either he will try and push you so high in the soul and emotions that you won't, you know, be able to break into the higher power. And that's what many churches to do. They work very powerfully in the emotions and the soul. You know, and, and it's great. I always said, to our folks, it's great to have music. But Jesus didn't have music. He just went in there. Because we have to, like, work it up. To get into that place and 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 it's fine, but but we must be in that place. Somebody say, Lord, take me to that place. So you can have a soulish move. See, we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. The body will go. The soul can either be bound to the lower self. Jesus came to bring the soul, to save the soul with the spirit. Amen. That's why people that die and go to hell, I'm just going to say this because I've read many stories, they, those things that they have not conquered in hell, they torment them. That's the torment. Those emotions and those unfulfilled emotions never get met for eternity. But your soul that is saved goes up into that higher realm because it's walking in the new life. Amen. So, we have to get into the spirit, into the higher realm, out of the lower soul, and take that lower soul out. Amen? The higher soul. The Word says this. This is how you're going to do it. If you lay down your lower life, you move into the higher life. That's the life Jesus has come to save. Jesus came to save. He said, lay down your lower life. So when I look at each one of you, I don't see what's on the outside. When God looks at you, He doesn't see your color, your suits, your jeans. He looks at hearts. When God chose David, He did not look on the outside. He showed us a great lesson because Samuel didn't even recognize who God chose, even the prophet, because he was so used to looking at the outside. And God said, I don't look at the outside. I look at the heart. I don't see color. I don't see looks. I see spirit. Come on. Somebody say, lay down your lower soul. Now, some folks are like snakes. They want to keep changing their skin. But we got to lay down the lower soul. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We cannot pump it up. It's time to get rid of the pride. It's time to get rid of the old. It's time to move into the new. And we've got to put our foot down and start walking in love. Somebody say, walk in love. See, Satan's going to try and come against your love walk. And I want to encourage you as a church. If you're going to go from glory to glory with, you know, Pastor Adam, we're going to walk in love. There's some folks you're going to meet that you won't want to love, but you have got to love them. doesn't mean you have to have them in your house every day. You know, you've got to protect your, you know, your house and your family, but you're going to love people. doesn't mean you must be so closed off, because sometimes church folks can be like this, you know, I'm in my space, leave me alone, you know, and, and you know, I'm with God, and they look all spiritual. But we've got to be real, folks. Sometimes you're just dealing with stuff. And, you know, maybe you're having a bad day. Just be real about it. I like real. Somebody say real. Real. Amen. So we've got to go through and we've got to deal with the issues and we've got to walk in love. We've got to pray and refuse bitterness. Again, like I said, bitterness is a driving power. Either you're driven by or you're led by love or you're driven by bitterness, poison. And you're poisoned. And eventually that poison, nobody's going to want to be around you. Mm-hmm. It'll, that poison will stop everything. It'll, it'll release sickness and disease. I, I I tell you a story. I had a guy two years ago. I had to pray for him in our church. Uh, my, one of my worship leaders... We was good friends with this guy. He's one of the most popular, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what to call it, but like entertainers in the Western Cape of South Africa. And he got what's called neuropathy, and he was paralyzed. And I was called to pray for him on the phone. And as I got on the phone, I'm praying, the Lord gives me a vision. And I see he had an affair on his wife. See, unconfessed issues and that bitterness was in there. That hurt was in there. That rejection was in there. And I, and I said to him, I said, listen, Kevin, the Lord says, shows me that you had an affair on your wife and you need to confess it. And when you confess it, God's going to heal you. And he said, it's true. He said, I had an affair on my wife and I lost my wife and I lost my children and I lost everything. And he started to cry. And when he began to cry, he said, Lord, I just give my life to you. I confess what I've done and please forgive me and so forth. And the moment he began to confess it, the power of God started going into his legs. He started to get warm and we have it on video. And this guy started to walk. It's amazing. And, and he started to walk, and he, and, he, and he started to praise God. And then he called me afterwards, because it was on video afterwards. I left him, I prayed for him, and literally 10 minutes later, he's calling me crying and saying, Benjamin, I can walk, I can walk, I can walk. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And I just said, praise God, you know. But you see, many, many things in our lives are killing us. They're hurting us. They're causing disease. They're causing, causing the, you know, they, in, it's an infection that is invisible. And if we can just get it out. Amen. And it wants to murder your life. It wants to murder your future. It's a prison. And the love of Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord, will come upon you and set you free. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs to hear that word, but I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So the devil takes anyone over with an offense. And I'll give you an example, Judas. Judas was offended with Jesus because uh, Jesus was sitting with all the disciples and they were having a great meeting and a great gathering and a great fellowship. And there comes this woman and interrupts the whole meeting that they're having and pours a year's salary Of fragrance upon the feet of Jesus, and there comes Judas, and he is so offended that, you know, he says to Jesus, How can this woman pour all this ointment on you? There's a lot of poor people out there, and we could have used it for the poor. That's how, you know, people think. And Jesus says, No, she will be known, and her story will be told. And he got an offense because of that. And that opened the door to the devil to come into him. Come on, some of you, you know, maybe the devil has come into areas of your life because you've allowed offense or bitterness or, you know, and the devil comes in because you, you, you understood things one way and, 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 and God was doing it another way and you got offended and it's, and it's hindered you and, you know, the devil's taking control. That's how the devil comes in. He was reprimanded, he was corrected, and he he got offended by it, uh, you know. And the Bible said this, who can tame Leviathan? That's Leviathan. Who can touch Leviathan? It's a dangerous thing. It's nice, but don't touch it. it. It will wound you. And this is what began to happen. When we allow the old nature to rule us, it'll destroy us. When he gave over to that bitterness... It destroyed it. Maybe there's some folks that have been fighting some things personally. Maybe it's been generationally. Maybe it's just all, just something that you've carried for a long time. But I believe the healer is here. I know the healer is here. And God wants to create new in you. God is calling us. Maybe to, I believe in the Spirit. There's a new level of anointing that He wants to bring in your life. But there's things that you've got to lay down. There's hurts you've got to lay down. Some of you being, you know, rehearsing. Some of you being nursing. Stop rehearsing. Stop nursing. Let go. Choose to let go. If everybody would just stand up with me tonight, I just feel the Holy Ghost is here. And this is a very strong word for for folks and very powerful and very real. I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus... Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I meditate on that. And I think about that. And then you said, I must take up my cross and I must follow you. I repent where I've refused to take the thing that wants to crucify me. And I turn around and I pick it up I forgive those that have offended me, that have wounded me, that have abused me, and misused me. I'm stopping tonight with all the nursing and the rehearsing of all the hurts, of all the disappointments. And today's a new day. My future is brighter. I'm letting go. And just like that man that confessed his sins... And he let go of the bitterness he had to himself where he couldn't forgive himself for his own failures. I forgive myself. Thank you. You've forgiven me. But I also forgive myself for my failures, for my mistakes. And I let go. And I embrace the cross. And I embrace the power that is in the cross. For in the cross, there's new life. And there's resurrection. And I'm going to walk in that new life. I'm going to walk in that new future. I'm going to walk with a new vision. I'm going to walk with a new step. And I'm going to walk with new hope. That is my portion. And I thank you, your word said, that there's a new anointing. There's new life. And there's a fresh spirit coming into me. Breathe into me your breath of life. Thank you, Lord. That you will use me with your love. I don't want to be a clanging symbol that can prophesy, that can do all these great things, but I'm doing it out of the wrong spirit. I analyze myself. I analyze every part of me through your word. And I align myself to your perfect will. Not my will, but thine be done. I forgive those that have trespassed against me, that have wounded me, that have betrayed me, that have hurt me, and I let go. All debt that is owed to me, I forgive them. All debt that has been owed to me. And I move on because today is a new day. There's new opportunities, there's new blessings, there's new favor. It's a new day for me. And for this house, for this ministry, in Jesus' mighty name, praise God. So lift your hands to the Lord, I'm going to pray for you. Father, as each one has confessed to us, I just say, be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold, every plan, every trap, every demonic spirit, every possession, every oppression, every curse, every conflict every lie of the devil, I bind you now in the name of Jesus, and I set folks free. I set them free, Father God, that the power of your love, the power of your love would activate in the hearts of this church. The power of your presence through your love. That, Lord, this generation, this world right now is in pain. This world is, uh, is hurting. This world is in, in sickness. This world needs the healer that you anoint folks right now to show the love of Jesus, the healer, Lord, that the healer would be upon them and the same healer that heals them, that binds up the wounds, that binds up the broken hearts, the same challenges they face through through rejection, through, through disappointment, through hurt, the same challenges that they overcome, that they would have the keys to set others free through the Word of God. And so tonight I say you're set free and I open the prison doors. And I say, come out into a new life. Come out into a a new anointing and a fresh start and a new beginning. For the Lord loves you, and you are His, and He is yours. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise you, Father God. Hallelujah.